Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin podcast. My name is Matt Bruskin. I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action, and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. We have our full panel, which means we ever excited Jorna Taylor is here this morning. Jorna is a nonprofit consultant here in Wisconsin. Jorna, welcome. Good morning, Battleground Wisconsin. Oh, boy. Oh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The jo- overcast weather has me a little cranky. Jorna is feeling the weather, so uh, you are forewarned. And Robert Craig is with us, executive director here at Citizen Action. Robert. Good morning, everyone. And I guess that reaction from Jorna uh, has pretensions for the for our winter podcast, perhaps. All right. Well, I actually think it foreshadows our first topic. We are we actually have a guest and to talk about this topic, and that is the Supreme Court uh, decided that they will not be taking up the John Doe, which uh, we have talked about extensively the last three weeks on the podcast following the Guardian leaks. And uh, we have asked Matt Rothschild, the executive director of Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, to come back and chat with us about uh, not only what the Supreme Court did, but what's up next. Matt, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Great to be with you. Yeah. So obviously, we only had you on, I think, a couple weeks ago, and we were mildly optimistic that maybe the Supreme Court would be shamed uh, into taking this up with the leaks and and all the public uh, attention, national and international attention, but uh, no such luck. Uh, So what's next? Well, it was a big blow for those of us who wanted uh, the U.S. Supreme Court to take this case and those of us who wanted some semblance of, of justice here in Wisconsin, some semblance of accountability. But uh, now Scott Walker is uh, skipping down the sidewalk singing a song, and uh, it's impossible for those of us in Wisconsin, even if we elected the most enlightened legislature and governor of all time, to pass a law that would say candidates can't coordinate with outside groups. So that's a real problem. There are solutions to the problem. Uh, One solution is we get a better state Supreme Court that would relook at its corrupt decision in July of 2015, which legalized uh, that coordination and then would overturn that decision. That's one possibility. Or we would uh, get an enlightened legislature and an enlightened governor who would at least pass a bill that would say, you know, these outside groups, we can't outlaw their coordination right now, but what we can do is require that they disclose who's funding them. That would be a big plus. And then we can look to the U.S. Supreme Court, and I think at some point it will take up another big campaign finance case. I guess it didn't like ours for whatever reason, maybe because this court is shorthanded right now and split down the middle. When it does take up another campaign finance reform case, I'm quite confident that it is going to uh, either overturn Citizens United. Hillary Clinton has vowed to appoint someone to the U.S. Supreme Court who would be on record as wanting to – Uh, overturn Citizens United, uh, that would be good, or simply reassert uh, that there is a clear line between being a candidate on one hand and coordinating with an outside group on the other hand and saying you can't do that and slapping down a few few years late the Wisconsin Supreme Court for its uh, corrupt decision. So, uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. You've painted some really rosy scenarios for us here, my favorite of which is um, the image of Scott Walker actually skipping down the sidewalk singing a song. Um, wow, that's going to that's gonna stick with me for a while. <laughs> right? 
Um, I think it's lawyers, guns, and money, perhaps. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, you've laid out so much material and scenarios here that really have uh, horrible end games in our current political climate. You know, the scenario of a uh, state supreme court that uh, is functional seems fairly out of our grasp uh, without some serious redistricting a legislature with any sort of common sense seems a little bit out of our grasp and um, you know the US Supreme Court if Senator Ron Johnson would do his job we might have you know some new justices to seat but that seems a little out of our grasp at the current time too so so is this just sort of no holds barred then for the foreseeable future in elections in Wisconsin well, the question is, how distant is the foreseeable future? Uh, because I think um, we're not going to get uh, to a, a really good place for at least six to ten years. And I think we need to face up to that fact on campaign finance and probably on a lot of other issues and then do the work that we need to do to get to that place in six to ten years. And the only thing that can happen in the really short term that would be exciting would be if the federal judges who've been uh, considering this redistricting case would throw out the rigged maps that Walker and Fitzgerald and all their cronies uh, constructed in the private law firm here in Madison behind locked doors. I mean, the judges could decide that and then throw the maps back for redrawing after the election uh, coming up, that would be a plus anyway. That's the closest thing we can have to something happening soon, other than the fact that the possibility, but I think it's kind of remote, that District Attorney Ishmael Ozan here in Dane County, or it could be John Chisholm in Milwaukee County, decide to file additional charges against Walker for uh, some different alleged felonies that uh, were apparent to a lot of lawyers when that Guardian story leaked. But I, I kind of doubt that's going to happen. Really what we need to do is the spade work, the gardening work over the next uh, you know, five years so that in, in six to nine years, six to ten years, we can have an enlightened legislature and an enlightened governor and perhaps uh, on the way to getting an enlightened Wisconsin Supreme Court. So that's one route here statewide. The other thing that really gives me hope is this really grassroots movement around the country that's very active here in Wisconsin to try to amend the U.S. Constitution to say once and for all, Corporations aren't persons and money isn't speech. This really is the fundamental solution to the problem of money and politics. It's not just the Citizens United decision of 2010. Actually, there's 130 years of bad U.S. Supreme Court decisions about corporations being persons. And that amendment would overturn that whole precedent. And in 78 communities in Wisconsin, people have voted by overwhelming margins that they want to see that constitutional amendment. And actually on November 8th, in 19 more communities in Wisconsin, that referendum is on the ballot. Actually, it even passed in red, red Waukesha by 69%, if you can believe that. And Wisconsin is second only to Massachusetts in the number of communities that have signed on to this referendum. So that gives me hope, too. So, Matt, um, just looking forward uh, to this next budget, I mean, this is the last budget Governor Walker will do prior to his what should be a tough reelect if, if Democrats can get their act together and have a strong candidate against him. Uh, and so, but his biggest leverage with donors and independent groups is what he can give away in the state's budget. So do you really fear, um, as you know, the leader of, of one of our leading watchdog groups, that this is going to be open season, that basically uh, political crime, as we would consider it, now, now has a license because of the state Supreme Court and because the U.S. Supreme Court won intervene? Absolutely. We're up for sale as, as never before. 
uh, you know, the, the legalized political bribery will, will fester uh, in a hothouse right now because Wisconsin is that hothouse for, for corruption after this decision. So it's absurd. That's why I chuckle. It's just so absurd the amount of corruption that the Wisconsin Supreme Court is allowing and now the U.S. Supreme Court by not intervening is allowing to occur here in Wisconsin. Uh, we aren't going to know who is uh, giving six-figure, seven-figure checks essentially to the campaign through an outside 501c4 group like Wisconsin Club for Growth, and then we're not going to be able to know what they're getting on the backside for that donation. I mean, we're going to try to piece it together here at the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign by looking at what piece of legislation passes and who the likely beneficiary is, and then try to uh, make some hypothesis as to, you know, who was, you know, giving money in sacks of money to these outside groups, but it's, it's going to be a, a bit more of a, a guess game. So one quick final question, Matt. Um, it, what do you think about the U.S. Supreme Court here? Is it that they, you know, actually don't try to fix all problems in states, that they look for precedent-setting places, they're clean, and that this is that in a way uh, Walker and the Club for Growth and all of the rest were all, like, rewarded for, for muddying the water so much in, all, in this case? Well, I actually would have thought this was a pretty uh, cut-and-dried case for the U.S. Supreme Court to take. You had a 501c4 Wisconsin Club for Growth organization that was flagrantly uh, violating the law, uh, in my opinion. And you also had Walker, who seemed to be flagrantly violating the law, the clear line between being a candidate on the one hand and, and coordinating with an outside group on the other. Um, and yet they decided not to take it. Maybe... Uh, maybe some of Brad Schimmel's arguments made some uh, uh, inroads with the U.S. Supreme Court. I don't know. Uh, I do know the odds of them taking a case uh, were always low because they get so many more petitions than they grant, and also because of this 4-4 weird situation they're in right now. But I do think, you know, we're a couple years out before they're going to take another landmark case, and i got to believe when they take it, uh, even Anthony Kennedy is going to come around and say uh, Citizens United has been – uh, either misread and misapplied like Walker uh, did or was terribly naive and just own up to that and face the fact that it's got to be changed. So perhaps because of what you're going to do and others are going to do, uh, what Walker does in the next budget can become the test case for that precedent-setting Supreme Court case we need. Well, I hope so. It would be nice to get some leaks. I'm open for leaks. <laughs> uh, yes, well, hopefully uh, hopefully the Walker ship has uh, many leaks uh, uh, ahead of it. Matt, I uh, want to thank you for, for coming on a couple times during, throughout this John Doe and, and educating our listeners. And I think uh, if you're up for it, we'd love to have you on throughout the budget process and just kind of give us, a, as bills move and as the budget's moving, uh, let us know about some of the research you're doing and the connections between the money that we know is going to happen. And, and we'd love to help make sure that certainly our audience and others are, are uh, educated as to those connections next, uh, next year as the legislature gets back. Anytime, Matt. I'd love to be on. Okay, great. Thank you. So with that, it appears John Doe is dead for now. And we need to move forward with all the other exciting things that are happening. Yeah, I know. The Guardian tried. I, I, I got to say to save him. Yeah, and Robert, your question that you gave Matt was a real good one about whether this was a clean case. It's interesting. It did seem to us like 
gosh, you know, Robert, you've said it many times. If we had done this, we'd be looking, figuring out what we're wearing for for, for our prison clothing. But um, <laughs> it appears not. Yeah, I, I just can't stress enough to listeners, for people who do this kind of work, how obviously illegal any of us would have thought this was. This is not murky. This is not some obscure law like they've said. That's all propaganda and lies, okay? This was uh, violated every bright line test that any of us knew of for illegal activity. Well, apparently we're wrong. Uh, (laughs) The law is what you can make it, the power to make the law, right? We we move forward, and we mentioned, uh, Robert, you brought up with him the whole idea that the next budget, and certainly uh, the policy that uh, follows it uh, in the legislature, we're going to have all sorts of connects to these kinds of giveaways and corruption. Well, and one of the things I just want to say is that you, you mentioned, Matt and Robert, that progressives and the left clearly see how flagrantly this violates the law and that we would never have done that. But now this, this seems to be the law and this sort of, you know, the unlevel playing field just got even more of a mountain in a valley in many ways because we can't stoop to that level. You know, some of us can, but not all of us the way that all of them will do. So by the way, our lawyers are all still cautious, as you know. Absolutely. Our our lawyers are cautious and some of us want to walk closer to that line than others. Um, But that's just the, you know, with any sort of campaign finance laws and any sort of, um, you know, ethics, because we have them and they don't, this always becomes a, you know, a very craggy uh, playing field. And I think Moving forward, as Matt suggests, we'll talk about the budget. Even before that, maybe we should start doing an inventory of the assets Wisconsin has for sale. So, I mean, one that I'll throw out there is uh, selling our uh, home care and senior support services to a big for-profit insurance companies. That's one that Walker's had on offer before. So we probably, uh, selling off the state employee health plan is another one. So we can start to look at the various assets Walker has to sell. Uh, uh, in order family to, care, that was essentially yeah. what, what happened yeah. very quickly through the budget last year. Well, it cycle. didn't actually happen. Well, so yes. it's still there for sale. Correct. It's still on it offer. certainly happened in that there was an effort. Yes. So look for more of that. Um, one thing before we move on to our next subject, and we'll talk, we'll probably talk talk more about this as we go forward. It, it kind of is breaking to us today. We're just first hearing about the effort of Assembly Republicans to essentially expand school choice. And it looks like they want to do this immediately next year. Uh, certainly the, uh, the the voucher advocates are going to be pushing this and a lot of their allies in the legislature. And they have money to give as well. So there's another asset, our public schools. Exactly. And so I think this is one of the areas we are going to have to definitely be on the lookout for because we know there's significant amount amounts of assets there and there's a whole infrastructure set up to exploit that so and there's um, that as i think of it the toll roads don't just have to be a toll on a public road are they going to actually try to sell our roads uh, kind of the way that chicago and mayor daly sold all the parking for 99 years uh Piggly Wiggly Highway 94. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> drive the pig. God, could somebody please name something Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> right, you could ride Just your hog something. on the Piggly Wiggly Highway. It'll, no, no, it'll be tasteful. It'll be 94 presented by Piggly Wiggly. In right. Harley Davidson, ride your hog on the pig. I, I like this. Um, you know, on this school choice thing. Uh. I, why are we surprised? Why why can we not have video of us taping this podcast so our shocked faces? Of course they want to expand the ever-successful 
successful and proven voucher and school choice program in Wisconsin. I mean, unbelievable that that would be a day one agenda in 2017. Well, we always talk about the denial, right? Like there's no man-made global warming. But we, we also need to talk about the things like vouchers are good and work. And, and improve anything for any kid, you know, we could, that's, you know, the same level. See how good it is when Robert and I are cranky, Matt? Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's wonderful. But I, I, look, what's really important, and I'm glad this story is breaking this week, is we're still a month out of this election. The education issue is a huge issue in a lot of the rural parts of Wisconsin. I mean, look, it's, it's a huge issue everywhere, but particular this election cycle in rural areas where they are feeling the brunt of these cuts. They're seriously concerned about whether their districts are going to continue to be able to, to, to exist, much less whether they're going to provide the kind of services and supports that they know are necessary to provide a first-rate education system. So getting this out before the election happens and letting it be very clear to voters, right, like if you like public schools, they will be under continued duress in the next legislature if you continue to vote for Republicans who are going to support this nonsense. So uh, we need to make sure that hopefully that this gets out over the next couple of weeks. We'll continue to track it and maybe be talking more about it before the election. Well, the question is, how much will the DeVos's offer to, the, to, to Walker either independently or campaign war chest for his big reelect? Well, yeah, you're going to see this, right? Watch for voucher money to come in hot and heavy now mm -hmm. uh, the last uh, couple of weeks in some of these targeted races. So... We'll continue to watch that, but we want to... And, uh, I, and don't forget Walmart. I'm well, sorry. I'll yes. well, leave them out. They're a fine, fine, fine corporation. Um, so we want to uh, talk about the big news this week that's a little Milwaukee-centric, but it has, uh, obviously, WTMJ has a very big uh, reach and gets to a significant part of the state. Charlie Sykes has stepped down or is going to step down this December from his what is an extremely popular and well-rated right-wing talk show. And this is uh, big news this week. And, Robert, it appears, um, appears you have no idea what Charlie Sykes is talking about. You, you were floating this rumor. It's in the State Journal that somehow Charlie Sykes is going to run, run against Tammy Baldwin. But what the heck is going on here? Charlie <laughs> Sykes is all over you, uh, saying that uh, you're in some kind of liberal, fact-free swamp zone, I think he might call it on his talk show. Well, given the way all of these folks, led by Charlie, have distorted Wisconsin politics and created Scott Walker, our organizing co-op, as the listeners know, has created this radioactive project, which is in the middle of a 60-day fundraising drive to create permanent capacity to track and hold accountable these right-wing hate radio uh, folks, and also to force balance on the airwaves. Of course, TMJ, WTMJ, the largest station in the state, now has an opening, theoretically, which wouldn't necessarily Robert. have to be a right-wing crazy. And so Jorna, Robert, Craig, and the Jorna. Jorna and Matt show. Oh, Matt uh, and Jorna. Uh, Jorna hey. and Matt. No. Um, so Brian will do all the music for us. <laughs> With Woolridge Brothers, yes. Uh, so... Uh, I did post a blog quickly and not only went after the whole idea, because Charlie Sykes has been all over the national news with puff pieces about how he's seen the light and he didn't know that racism was involved with his listeners. And <laughs> it, it's a call out from under a rock to quote him. And he, he'd do introspection, all of this. They're and not, they don't follow facts, Robert. That was his big yeah, they're they're just, the, the alternate fact reality and the attack what? on mainstream media, which is his stock and trade. <laughs> like... And so is coded and uncoded racial appeals. And so... The uh, chameleon. And so and MSNBC is so credulous, they put him on the, the airwaves as a, as a credible principled conservative now, regularly. So I did a... a, a uh, 
a blog about all of this. And uh, also I had heard from some of our close friends who talked to these folks, uh, now I did not hear it directly, that uh, a lot of the top Republican uh, political types and movers and shakers are talking about Charlie as running for U.S. Senate and, a pair, and even that this is all like a done deal. So I floated that speculation, quoting it to rumors within uh, that I've heard about in, my, in Republican circles. Well, Charlie took exception. He immediately responded on Twitter. Then he spent a fair amount of his show yesterday attacking me. And uh, the Wisconsin State Journal has an article on it. And what, what am I called again, Matt? He called the idea ludicrous conspiracy mongering from the depths of the left wing fever swamps. That's right, a fever swamp. So maybe I can what put is this. What's a fever swamp? It's what? W- it's what Robert looks like when he gets in here in the morning after uh, biking all morning, and he's <laughs> I, he's just been trashing Charlie Sykes. He's I, in a fever swamp. I kind swamp. of like the leaders. I mean, like these are authors, not politicians, <laughs> who not only publish you know, the good things people say about them, but the bad things bad people say about them, so I can have Charlie Sykes says. The, the, uh, the left-wing fever swamp Hall of Fame, Robert Craig, citizen action of Wisconsin. Oh, <laughs> no, like, it's that. like when celebrities read mean tweets about themselves. I think we should do that now, mm-hmm. Robert. So I think that wannabe Senator Sykes um, <laughs> it has quite the matchup coming with wannabe Senator Duffy in 2018. <laughs> so I look forward to that primary. You know, this is also fascinating that all of a sudden uh, Mr. Mr. Sykes here has seen the light. He can claim, you know, we want to reward people who actually do change their views over time. Um, you know, for example, legislators who maybe two or three decades ago were very anti-choice um, and, you know, adamantly pro-life are now seeing that it's a woman's health care issue. So we don't want to condemn folks who have gone out and educated themselves. Me thinks that is not the case here with wannabe Senator Sykes. Um, this seems like a political opportunity as he has spent the last uh you know six months trying to distance himself from his orangeness and from you know more of the crazy crazy tea party right wing so um i don't know i mean besides his speaking tour that he gets to go on i'm sure and more national public appearances i think this is setting himself up for quite the public campaign in 2018 you know and to believe it right you would have to believe two things first you'd have to believe that he genuinely didn't know that voting fraud is not rampant and photo ID is a solution to that. They genuinely didn't believe that there is a a global, a consensus of scientists, an overwhelming one, that human-made global warming is is like the biggest danger to the species. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, You'd have to believe that he actually believed that criminal legal aliens from all over the country would stream into Milwaukee if Sheriff Clark wasn't reelected, et cetera, et cetera. And then the other thing is, since the narrative has him converting over Trump, he saw the light because of Trump, it means you have to believe there's some huge moral difference between Trump and he's still very proud of creating Scott Walker. Maybe. And I will just say that it's hard to fathom, let's have philosophers look at it, some huge moral distinction between those two figures, but Charlie Sykes says it's so big that he was fine with making Scott Walker's career and supporting everything he did, but as for he just Trump is just a bridge too far. Wrong. He's a nasty guy. Nobody likes him. Nobody likes him anywhere once they get to know him. Okay, let's... Uh, Do you want us to tone it down a little no, bit, Matt? There's, there's two things I want to bring up. Right, This is a guy who 
is a chameleon, right? He's a media personality, okay? Started as a liberal. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. For people who don't know the history of Charlie Sykes, he is a former liberal. He calls himself a recovering liberal. And now he's trying to, after his... Robert, I think, just did a very good job of laying out the indictment against him, right? Uh, two decades of this, at least, uh, here in the biggest, uh, on the biggest station to try to walk away from all of that. And by the way, even his language shows he really hasn't changed. To call your statement that you've heard he might be running against Tammy Baldwin a ludicrous conspiracy mongering it's not a conspiracy. It's not mongering. You're just suggesting you've heard a rumor that he might be running against Tammy Baldwin. Like, and the hey, Wisconsin State Journal acknowledges they're doing the story because they've heard the rumor too. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like to blow your lid with ludicrous conspiracy mongering from the depths of the left wing fever swamps. Excuse me. This comes out of the right wing fever swamps. I mean, let's let's get this is a uh, the, rumor and, from and the, the conservatives. The gentleman doth protest too much, too. <laughs> Thank right? you. That was my second point. <laughs> Paul Ryan. So let's not. Oh well, that's a wonderful segue to Paul Ryan. Watch, Jorna. But one quick thing: people need. We'll give the link to go on and join the radioactive campaign right. because Charlie Sykes will be replaced by another Charlie Sykes unless we do something. So his departure should not be seen as some sort of uh, great relief. I mean, it's just it's just cha- musical chairs, and there are plenty of others to bring in from elsewhere or who are here already uh, and, can be, and can move around. So Citizen Action is an organizing entity here in Wisconsin. So uh, listeners, I'd say a postcard writing campaign for Robert Craig to be on WTMJ is in order. Yes, that sounds great. Let's, and I believe the podcast should push it. Jorna, we'll have to get on top of that. Draft Craig, the Fever Swamp. Well, that's the name of your show. <laughs> fever Swamp. That, that's the, he's actually got just your so show. You know, noon, uh, the Liberal days. Fever Swamp. Just yeah. so you know, the Scripps Corporation, which owns WTMJ, their cover story now is, is that Jeff Wagner will be taking the prime morning spot, and then they'll find someone else to replace Jeff Wagner. If anyone believes that Jeff Wang- Wagner can not be the flagship. No, he's not up to uh, Yeah, task. so this is all, all right. a little uh, smokescreen. Yeah, that... that Okay, I'll let's, say let's it. Talk about- I'll say it. That'd be like Larry Mueller getting the uh, the flagship <laughs> of uh, uh, of the right of the left. That'd be Sorry. great. That could be a postcard campaign <laughs> too. Uh, All right, yeah. I said it. I did it. Now Larry Mueller's going to come after me. No, I don't believe so. Larry's actually way too nice a guy for that. So, Jorna, you brought up Paul Ryan, and so you know we we need to continue to track his Ryan, doings. Watch. What's going on with Paul Ryan? Well, Mr. Ryan. Um, is is very busy these days. I'm sure he is. He's got fine candidates to go promote like Donald Trump. Uh, he is doing two things. One, the first of which, now that you know he is free to roam about the country and not actually have to do the business of the people for a while, he uh, is on a 17-state tour, 42 cities, wow. raising money. Wow. Yeah. You know who he's not raising money for? Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what states he's probably not going to anywhere near Donald Trump? Uh, but so, yeah, so you can look for Ryan in one of your 17 swing states uh, around the around the country stumping stumping for cash. Uh, the other thing that our friend Mr. Ryan is up to is uh, repealing Obamacare again. 
Yes, yes. Rumor has it, Jorna, that uh, Paul Ryan is actually saying instead of just threatening that he's going to repeal Obamacare in the budget process, that he's actually going to carry it out. So we're going to have to see. He's talking a big game, big tough guy. Ooh, uh, big tough guy. Big tough guy out there raising Ooh, money, God, big repealing tough guy. Obamacare. Does everybody remember the epic photos of Paul Ryan in his workout gear? We know that, you know, where he's lifting weights and he's on that workbench. Oh, yeah. Paul Ryan is a big, tough guy. He can do this on the 197th million try. <laughs> so, and that's a preview. We're not going to spend much time on it now. The right is having end zone celebrations about how Obamacare is falling off the rails. Media trackers, the fake right-wing news source, uh, has a big blog attacking citizen action with a, with a choo-choo train derailed, you know, like a 19th century version. That's very classy of them. Yes, they're all cheering, the taking twenty uh, healthcare away from twenty million people, raising rates. There is a problem with the uh, with the exchanges, with the online marketplace, and so we will be doing a blog on that, and uh, we'll put it in the in the podcast email. But then we can talk about more next week. So before we uh, get to the furloughs, this this gloriously cloudy day, um, we got to talk about what broke last week after our podcast recorded, and that was around. Uh, the photo ID scandal at the DMV. It appears that contrary to a judge's order, our DMVs and multiple DMVs have been giving wrong information about the kind of proper information you would need to get an ID and how long it would take. Uh, And so, Robert, uh, this broke big time and apparently has uh, led to another potential lawsuit. Yes, and so... uh, um the nation broke this, uh, and it vote writers, who's a close partner of ours, and Molly McGrath, that literally documented this and have recordings. Scott Walker's already, of course, sloughed it off. Uh, but the, the, the issue is this. In Judge Peterson's ruling, and this is the case that says National Wisconsin, one Wisconsin now, our own India Johnson, also as an individual, uh, uh, filed, which got early voting extended dramatically. Uh, the judge put them under strict orders that they had to give people who didn't have proper documentation, like a birth certificate, temporary voting credentials, period. Otherwise, it was a, a violation of the Constitution. And, 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 uh, and so, the, in fact, the Attorney General Schimmel had stipulated last week that before this, this happened that this yeah. had been done. It turns out that uh, DMV folks around the state, not every DMV, DMV office, but a number of them, were telling people that it would take weeks and weeks, they wouldn't necessarily get it, but why don't you go back to Illinois and get a birth certificate, people who live here, stuff like that, which is a flagrant violation of the judge's ruling. So the judge, which is very unprecedented, reprimanded them on Friday without any motion being filed, and now the next stage is, is that uh, the, the lawyers for Citizen Action and One Wisconsin Now um, f- filed to uh, enjoin photo ID. And there'll be a hearing before Judge Peterson October 12th. And so the Walker folks are going to have to show uh, that they're actually protecting people's right to vote or, they, or, they could be, or their whole law here could be in trouble. So that's where we are right now. Their experts differ on whether the judge would actually go as far as to enjoin the whole law or whether he'll require something. Uh, The problem is he required something before and they simply ignored it. And it does show the combination of incompetence and arrogance and disregard for basic rights that characterize Scott Walker's leadership. 
<laughs> part of me is just exhausted with this photo ID fight and we keep going back and forth, you know. I, I just, this is such a solution without a problem um, that it makes me really sick. And, and the hard part about all of this maneuvering and wrangling is that it's just confusing voters and it turns them off from voting. And that's the, the disappointing part for me. So, um, you know, I hope, I hope that this lawsuit is successful uh, and it means a lot more work than on the part of organizations like Citizen Action and other colleagues of ours to make sure that people know. By the way, this should not surprise anyone. I mean, the notion that we would put upon the DMV to be sort of the firewall of democracy now and that they would have to have... <laughs> no, I mean, really, totally right? Like understaffed. Yeah, well, you know. this is, this is uh, unfair, right? Now, obviously, the DMV employee told them to go to Illinois or whatever. That That's, that's appalling. Uh, but... Look, this is ridiculous that we have the DMV put on the spot where they, uh, you know, have a judge, you know, reprimanding the state for not properly training all the DMVs, right? Like, it shows how ridiculous and unconstitutional, quite frankly, all of this setup is. And I think it will come crumbling down. It's just unfortunately you, not for this election. I'm glad you said that. It's like when there's a military scandal and we blame, like, the individual soldiers, yeah. right, as opposed to the people at the top who did it. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, this is the this is all the fish rots at the hat. Yeah, this, this is, is a fruit of Walker and the Republicans' uh, thirstless desire to increase their electoral uh, chances by disenfranchising voters. Absolutely, and you know it reminds me of the CEO of Wall Street and what Elizabeth Warren was saying to him: "You're going to blame." The workers who are stressed out, understaffed at at the wall, you know, at Wells Fargo, and fire and, over and, five thousand of them. Yeah, and you're going to take your big bonus. Take no <laughs> responsibility for yeah. it, right? So it's the same kind of thing. We yeah. we we take the most important thing, our democracy, and we, we basically say that tell the DMV, oh yeah, you guys are the ones who have to make sure everything goes goes well, and we'll blame you when it doesn't. So and this also happened in the middle of the time when he was trying to cheapen. Uh, the IDs people right. would get to save budget money and make sure they're not useful for any other purpose. Uh, so there's no value to ha allowing people to also be able to do other things in our society with these IDs once you force them unnecessarily to go to the DMV in order to get this to vote. So again, all of this can sometimes seem hopeless. I think one of the most important things, though, if we're going to start to do some of the things that Matt Rothschild brought up at the beginning is we got to get out and make differences in this election. And I want to remind everybody that Citizen Action is running two very, very important programs. Uh, they're basically very similar. One is we're running out of Eau Claire uh, area, and if in the other we're doing here in the Milwaukee area in South Milwaukee and Oak Creek. And what we're doing is talking to independent voters. These are voters who will be showing up on November 8th, but they do not know a ton about politics. They just vote habitually, and they don't know much about these assembly candidates. And we have been out for a couple of weekends now uh, talking about the economy and talking about what's been going on in trade and outsourcing and Wisconsin economic development. And people are with us. A lot of people are with us, you know, across the aisle. And they don't know anything about who these candidates are, and we, we're playing a big role in helping shape their perceptions of who Jesse Rodriguez and, and who uh, Kathy Bernier are and why they haven't done anything to stop this outsourcing and change our economic situation. I want to encourage you to come out and get involved. Uh, we will, uh, this Saturday, 
uh, be at Barbier's Pizza in South Milwaukee, and we'll have more details on our webpage. But uh, we'll be meeting at nine at nine o'clock. But you can go anytime. Someone will meet from our staff. will meet you at any time and go out with you. So feel free to contact me at matt.brusky at citizenactionwi.org if you want to get involved. And these are much better, higher quality interactions. So if you if you try this, you'll like it. And we may have another location in the state to announce soon as well. But that'll be in a future podcast. And if you're interested, uh, again, reach me at matt.brusky at citizenactionwi.org. And with that, Jorna, uh, when you're not canvassing and uh, getting out the vote, what are you doing? <laughs> is is George uh, at all getting on the agenda? Oh, he absolutely is. George and Reno are on the agenda. But this weekend, I am going up to Scenic Door County, which nice. should be in the peak of its color change and beautiful uh, going up to see my folks. So if you're in Fish Creek this weekend in Door County, stop on in to see me. And uh, I, I was in Eau Claire yesterday, and Eau Claire's probably already at about 30 40%. It's gorgeous on the way up uh, from uh, Milwaukee. Robert, what are you doing this weekend? Well, other than the deep canvas in... Uh, South Milwaukee Oak Creek, so I hope to see folks there. Uh, in addition to that, there's good college football this weekend. Oh, yeah, the Badgers, uh, they got uh, Ohio State. Yeah, that's a that's a nasty one. And then uh, Pitt didn't, has... Didn't go so well against the uh, Wolverines over the weekend, well, though. Well, uh, they played very well de- uh, defensively. The offense was pretty stagnant. And then <laughs> Pitt is playing Georgia Tech. And then, of course, the weekend usually kicks off this time of season with my nephew Delano volunteering at Citizen Action and making all the programs run. Yeah, we enjoy Delano on Fridays. Uh, This weekend, we have a big race that my son is involved in Friday night at the Milwaukee Arena, the newly refurbished Milwaukee Panther Arena. So uh, before you get a chance to see the UWM Panthers, you can come see some flat track racing Friday night. Tickets are only 10 bucks. It'll also be live on Harley-Davidson Flat Track, which will be uh, they'll be broadcasting Facebook Live. Uh, my son will be racing that night. And then I will also be at the Canvas on Saturday. It's uh, They're a tremendous amount of fun. Looking forward to it. With that, we will see y'all next week. We want to thank Brian Wildridge, our producer, who makes it happen. And uh, again, next week, we'll be with you here at the Battleground Wisconsin.